This is Melissa Golden, and you're listening to Freedom in Numbers, and this is The Morning Mouthful. Good Tuesday morning, July 7th, 2020. Do we ever get tired of being pandered to? No more Aunt Jemima. No more pretty Native American lady on the butter. Nike signing a sponsorship deal with Kaepernick. Biden saying if you have a problem figuring out who you're voting for mere Trump, then you ain't black because he's done so much for the black community. Changing the name of buildings and roads and scholarships and even the names of historic events. The Tulsa race riot being turned into the Tulsa race massacre. Basically everything that comes out of Trump's mouth since he hasn't actually done shit to speak of. Um, More pandering Pride Month and the rainbow washing of literally everything in June that vanishes on July 1. Diversity hires. Do you want to be hired on your merit or judged by your race? Politicians wearing traditional cloth and kneeling in solidarity. Replacing Columbus Day with Juneteenth as a national holiday. Yes, Senator Langford is one of my favorite and most recent examples of pandering. Pandering is the act of expressing one's views in accordance with the likes of a group to which one is attempting to appeal. We all kind of pander to a certain extent on a daily basis. You go to a wine mixer and realize everybody loves wine. Oh, yeah, I love wine. When really all you do is drink Boone's Farm. So we all pander to a certain extent, but the term is most notably associated with politics. Prior to the political connotation, a panderer was one who furnishes clients for a prostitute or supplies persons for illicit sexual intercourse, a procurer or a pimp. Now, I was not aware of this last fun fact until I started researching for this mouthful, but I find it absolutely hilarious and completely appropriate. And I plan to make as many parallels between our nation's politicians and pimps as I possibly can. Buckle up. What does a pimp care about? Money. If you do not give a pimp the money he feels he is owed, plan to have your ribcage smashed in. Fail to pay our government all of the taxes, fees, renewals, registrations, permits, licenses, etc. that they feel they are owed... And a boot to the ribs might not sound too bad after you've lost your business, your job, your reputation, and everything you've ever worked for. And a pimp cares a great deal for his reputation. If word gets out that he doesn't take care of his hoes or is unfair in his dealings with said hoes, it will be difficult for him to procure other hoes in the future. As a thief, a pimp also has enough money to pay off anyone he may need to keep quiet about past indiscretions. We as a people have short memories and too much going on in our lives to pay too close attention to the comings and goings of our politicians. This makes it very easy for them to swap sides on any issue whenever they feel it necessary. Case in point that the Democrats and Republicans have essentially traded platforms over the last hundred years and nobody really seemed to notice. Due to massive amounts of corruption, insider training, and carefully orchestrated construction bids with no competition... America's politicians have the money and the clout to make most any pesky dissenter disappear. In my discussion of Mike Gundy, I asked, what would you do for $5 million? But back to the pimp. 
Does he really care much for the safety, mental well-being, or overall happiness of the prostitutes he pimps? Kind of. But only so far as is necessary to keep them loyal to him and in good working condition. Unfortunately, we as a nation have allowed the two-party system to be our pimp, loudly pandering to the special interest of the weak without really having to do anything to change anything. Pandering with new bills that only add more government regulation and strip us of other freedoms that we hadn't even thought were involved in the issue. Tossing down a handout here and a special program there to make us feel like we've been heard and are appreciated. When in reality, it's all just a ploy to get most of them to the next election and the next office and the next super sketchy governmental construction bid with no competitors. Just in case the construction bid bit is going over anyone's head, I'm referring to the fact that a large number of politicians and their children own various service companies that a lot of times materialize out of thin air only to bid a government project at an exorbitant price with absolutely no other private industry competitors. It's basically insider trading with some extra steps and even less legitimacy. But again, back to the pimp. I alluded to it earlier, but I really want to loop back around to make my comments about what a waste of taxpayer money Senator James Langford is. On July 2nd, he and Senator Ron Johnson, a Republican of Wisconsin, put forth an amendment that would replace Columbus Day with Juneteenth as a national holiday, citing that Columbus Day would have to go due to the fact that the government can't afford to pay for another federal holiday. Senator's office said that the economic cost of a single federal holiday has been estimated around $600 million for paid time off for federal employees. The American people already shell out over $6 billion a year to federal employees, including these senators, for the 10 federal holidays that we do have. Throughout our history, we have strived to become a more perfect union, and Juneteenth was a huge step in attaining that goal, Langford said. We should celebrate these strides on the federal level while remaining cognizant of the impact the existing 10 federal holidays have on federal services and local businesses. We can reduce these impacts by replacing Columbus Day as a federal holiday with Juneteenth, America's second Independence Day. Notice the pandering come in as he gives us these impassioned statements just two days before the country's actual Independence Day. And I don't mean to sound ignorant, but but seriously, how many of you actually knew what Juneteenth was prior to 2020? Don't lie. Come on. But that's not even the best of the pandering here. After a great deal of backlash and many Americans wondering why we also need to cancel Christopher Columbus, Langford and Johnson withdrew their amendment just four days later on July 6th. Johnson said the proposal was meant to start a discussion and they suggested eliminating Columbus Day because few Americans get the day off as a paid holiday anyway, but by golly, every single federal employee does. Johnson says he is in no way deprecating Christopher Columbus's achievements or expressing any judgment on Columbus's place in history. Pander, backpedal, pander some more, change the subject quickly. My question is, why are we paying these dopes to spend the time to write an amendment If its only purpose was to start a discussion, why couldn't you have just started a discussion? 
In other news, Shia LaBeouf is apparently still the only celebrity really willing to go the extra mile for his fans as he gets the majority of his torso tattooed for an upcoming movie role in The Tax Collector, in which LaBeouf plays a white boy gangbanger in L.A., the diversity police couldn't help themselves and called out LaBeouf and the director for brown-facing. I had to look that one up, too. The director, David Iyer, who also has my utmost respect, replied saying, Really important answer. Shia is playing a white boy who grew up in the hood. This is a Jewish dude playing a white character. He's also the only white dude in the movie. Which is debatable because I think George Lopez is about the whitest brown dude in Hollywood. Uh, but but definitely quickly shut down uh, for your pandering of the diversity police. Remember the construction company example from earlier in this mouthful? Well, the Paycheck Protection Program released details of loan recipients on Monday. Some payees had ties to Rep. Roger Williams, Vicki Hartzler, Susie Lee, and Debbie Marcusel Powell, and best of all, Nancy Pelosi's husband. EDI Associates, linked to Paul Pelosi, received you know, somewhere in between $350,000 and a million. Who really knows? But their profits only sat at about the $50,000 to $100,000 margin. So I'm not sure where they needed all that money for because they're not making money to speak of. And last on the uh, in other news today, infamously sketchy social media app TikTok pledges now to be unavailable in Hong Kong over a new Beijing law that will allow police to raid tech premises without a court warrant, order internet firms to remove content or seize their equipment, and demand information from political groups operating outside the city, all in an effort to gather as much data from as many sources on whoever they should show, show choose at any point. Failure to comply with investigations carries a fine of $12,900 and up to two years in prison if you deny to turn over people's private information. Hey, freedom-loving listeners. Thank you for being a part of this morning's Mouthful. If you need a little more freedom in your day, feel free to check out our weekend edition of Freedom in Numbers. We'll see you tomorrow.